This is WGBB AM 1240 and W240 DF FM 95.9 Freeport, New York. And now, the feature in this program is live the from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York. It's the Joey Petroni Show with your host, Joey Petroni. Oh, okay. I, I always say Jackie made the biggest blunder Often in show business history. He decided to enter. There's very few people like him. Jackie is like the Forrest Gump of the comedy world. How eclectic is Jackie Martley? He would hang out with Les Paul, the most famous guitarist in the world. Mug Jackie, Willie Nelson. Good to see you. Look at this. 49 years old, both of us. This young guy. <laughs> you know, Jackie was a gymnast when he was young. He was quite the right, so athlete. You ready for action? No. <laughs> for years, we all thought Howard was one of the quickest comics ever. And then you find out that's Jackie Martling. It was amazing to watch him. He was two steps ahead of everybody. Joke, boom. Joke, boom. When that cast of the Howard Stern Show was in it prime, you couldn't stop. They were the best thing in entertainment. I think that works. So many people say you, you made the worst move in show business ever. But, you know, my life, it, it, it was bad. One of the saddest days that I can remember on the Stern Show was the day Jackie left. Jackie made a big mistake, and I tried to talk him out of it. Oh, I think Jackie left because he was trying to get more money, which he should have. Within uh, an eight-week period, he was off the show, our marriage split up, and he stopped drinking. If people understand or don't understand, I really don't care. To watch Jackie walk up to the microphone, it's like watching Babe Ruth leave the on-deck circle. What he does is uh, not credited nearly enough for what it really is. So the Sunday school teacher says, can anybody tell me what the resurrection is? And a little Johnny in the back says, I don't know what it is. I just know if it lasts more than four hours, you got to go to the hospital. <laughs> My sixth grade report card, Mr. Devine, wrote that. Jackie's an excellent student, but sometimes he has fun at the expense of others. <laughs> oh, my God, that's, that's just sad. All right. Hey, Trevor, thank you so much, man. Tonight is a huge night for me. I don't know if you know that. You know this, right? Oh, okay. yeah. He's getting a haircut. It's, I'm, all, <laughs> it's always a great night when Joey is on. No. Well, my wow, dad. Wow, that was nice. Thank huh? you, thank you. Mickey Mantle was my dad's. My dad was a huge fan of Mickey Mantle, and and. I'm a huge fan of Jackie Martin, Jackie the Joke Man. That is uh, very nice to hear. That's great. I was a huge fan of Mickey Mantle myself. So you're, you're my Mickey Mantle, the comedy. You know, oh, that I, is so nice. You know, people say to me, how could you live on Long Island and not be a Met fan? And I tell them, because there were no Mets when I was a kid. Right. The Mets came into play, so to speak, in 1962, which was the year that I discovered girls, and baseball went out the window, and, and women came in the window. You know, in the late 50s, I could tell you every Yankee and every position, and, you know, but 1962, I, you know, right. they, they went away. Luckily, Mickey and Roger, went, you know, had the big battle, 61 for 61, and I enjoyed that, and then moved on to uh, 
Bushier Pastures, so we say. <laughs> so, Jackie, you you are a legend in stand-up comedy, a legend in radio. It's, it's incredible. I hate that word. The word is the word legend. Oh, What's man. that mean? It means you're old. old. It means old. Legend equals old. I mean it as the best. Well, the best. Uh, I I will accept that. Thank you. That's a little overdoing it, but I will graciously accept it. But um, you're, you're, you're one of the you're one of the Beatles of radio, right? You're with the Howard Stern Show for over fifteen years. They broke years. my balls so badly when I when the first time I said that, you know, because to Howard uh, he was. Uh, you know, he was um, Wayne Newton, and the rest of us were backup singers, you know. Right. But it really was the Beatles of comedy, and uh, Beatles of radio, rather. And yeah. when I said that, they made fun of me for so long, and then all of a sudden it became part of the lexicon. Right. Everybody refers to it. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science, you know. Right. No, it was a chemistry that was awesome. And, you know, after you left, the show was still good, but it's not. it didn't have the same. I mean, it wasn't as sharp as it was. I mean, obviously, you were the backbone of the Howard Stern Show. I mean, everybody knows that. Everyone I know knows that. That's very nice of you to say that. It's very nice of you to say that other people know that. You know, people come up to me a lot of times and say that. And they say, you must get really sick of hearing that. And I say, if I ever get sick of hearing that, put a bullet in my head. Because, that, you know, that's... That rubber stamps what I did for so long. You Absolutely. Know. The show changed after you left, obviously, but it, it will never be as sharp as it was when you were there. I loved it. That's the first time I ever heard the trailer to the documentary, just the audio. It's, I'm sitting there embarrassed. You know, it's very, very complimentary, very nice, it's, you know. It's great, man, because you, like, you don't like the word legend, but you're the best of the best, man. You know, you know, we're doing a premiere screen. The premier, this is the first screening. Okay. We had one screening in the city for family and friends, and right. one out here in Belmore for family and friends. But we're screening the documentary Joke Man at the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame, and it's the first time we've done, like, an actual public screening, and where I'm going to do a Q&A, and, you know, a, no questions are off the table. Whenever anybody wants to ask, I don't care. And then, you know, I'm going to sell some books and sign some autographs and hang out, like, meet and greet. And I'm really looking forward to it. I hope, it's a, I, I hope it really goes over, but it's going to be nice to be show the, show the movie to, I guess, what you call civilians, as opposed right. to family and friends and, you know, who already had an idea what was going on. I, I, I would just love to know. I would love to show it someday and just have people walking off the street not knowing what they're, they're going to see. Right. You know, I was at the Cannes Film Festival about 10 or 15 years ago, and it was always fun because they showed movies everywhere, and I would always look for something that looked interesting. And I went to a very small theater, and I saw this movie called The Artist. And I was like, it was black and white, and it was... I said, am I crazy? Was that theater? It was like a half full theater. You know, it wasn't all that. They didn't advertise or stuff like that. These were just people showing their movies in Cannes. And then it won Best Picture. But yeah. it might well have been just some people, but you know, when there's nobody sitting there saying how good or bad it is, right. and you're left to your own designs, I'm like, God damn, that was a great movie, you know. And it, and it really, really was, right. you know. So it's, I would love that people walking off the street and go, wow, that was really good. Or who is that idiot? You know? <laughs> <laughs> to get some real feedback. Right, right. right. That's, that's awesome, Alex. So that's that's this Saturday coming up, January 27th. Uh, it's the, the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame in Stony Brook. Have you ever been there? I have not been there yet. You know, 
It's so hard to find the first time. Okay. Because it's like, it's behind a, I don't know whether you'd call it a shopping center or a couple of, you know, rows of stores. I, I can't even describe it because, like, you know, I circled the place twice before I found it. Right. But once you find it, it's so easy, and it's right there, and it's a great place. You know, everything, especially if you're a musician or from Long Island, there's just so much stuff coming at you. And I'm a child of the late 60s and the 70s, so all that stuff is boom, boom. I, I just love it, you know, so it's going to be really fun, really fun. So that's that's a 7 o'clock start. Doors open at 6 p.m. that night. It's uh, 97 Main Street in Stony Brook. Sounds easy, right? Sounds pretty easy. Put it in your GPS. 97 you Main Street in Stony Brook, January 27th at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6. The Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame will be premiering the documentary, The Joke Man. I can't wait. I can't you wait. You know, me and Bob, you know who Bob Buckman was? Yes. Like the WBAB Morning Man, yeah. him and oh, Perry yeah. Apollo. Yeah, he's in California. Now. Yeah, I was on their show for two or three years. They called... They weren't really calling my dial a joke, but they were, were purporting to. <laughs> my dial, yeah, nine two two wine five one six nine two two nine four six three, which is still going forty five years later. I got in trouble because of that. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah, my mom got the phone bill. <laughs> I blame it on my sisters, but th yeah, that's that's great. great. So, um, me and Buckman hosted the first induction ceremony okay. for the Long Island. You know, every five minutes they add another word to the title. You know, right. it, it's starting to sound like the Declaration of Independence. But uh, it was really fun, and that was a long time ago. And um, it's it's grown and grown and grown. You know, it's uh, and it's fun. You know, it it's exciting. Bob Buckman had the morning show at WBAB for years. I used yeah. to listen to it all the time. I grew up listening to the Howard Stern show. Okay, and I I. I this, I have crazy stories, but one of the stories is I worked for Cablevision, Long Island Cablevision. In the morning, we all got our routes. We had about 20 workers. We'd go to a deli on Atlantic Avenue in Freeport. All the cable vans would line up together. Oh, really? And everyone had the Howard Stern playing. And when you were in the middle of a bit or in the middle of, of a, a story, nobody went in to get their breakfast until the story was over. You went to commercial, and all of a sudden there's a line to get to get breakfast. I and then you could look up and down, and everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing. They go Same in. thing when you're on the expressway. You know, yeah. occasionally I'd be late. You know, and people would be yelling, <laughs> "You jerk, get to work!" You know, and then all of a sudden something he'd say something to insult me on the air, and I'd look around, and everybody's head is bobbing. Yep. That made New York a very, very. It made New United. York a, a village. Yeah, United. you know, everybody which was knew. so. And, I don't know about you, but I get so nuts with the with the satellite radio and, and the internet radio and everything. But what happened in the old days where you went click, right? And boom, there was you know either ten ten wins with the news, or there was the Stern Show, or there was CBS FM with the oldies. It was click, right? It was you know, so simple back then. You know, yeah. And now now we have all this great technology. <laughs> you need either a rocking scientist or a twelve year old to right <laughs> taking in all different directions. So yeah, it was like family. Like the Howard Stern show was like family. You were a part of my family, even though we never even met. You know, like your laugh was contagious on the show. Every time you laughed, you know, I remember being up on a, on a telephone pole hooking up cable TV. I couldn't feel my feet. It was freezing out. And I'd hear you laughing down in the van, you know, because I had the radio on. And it just, it just kept me going. Man. I love hearing that. You know, uh, I guess the statute of limitations is up. At, you know, when Cablevision first hit, right. uh, I actually would go up the pole and take off 
you know, they had a thing that would block HBO yes, and block it. Showtime. Term, yep. And it was a really tough thing to unscrew that. It was <laughs> not a regular, You had to do a whole deal yep. with it. But I pulled those up. <laughs> for years, I had those. They took like like two barrels. They almost looked yeah. like a gun silence. Yeah, green and black. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and some people would drill the barrels out and put the wire through it. So from the ground, it looked like people had... Oh, I didn't even think to go to that show. drill them out. I'm just figuring one day they're just going to arrest me. But, right. You know, what are you going to do? So uh, what were some of your favorite memories on the Howard Stern show? Uh, you know, it was so endless. Making the movie was uh, the greatest time in the world, right. just the greatest, greatest time. And I spent uh, two or three days sitting next to a naked Jenna Jameson who was portraying the girl, at the first naked girl that came on the Howard Stern show. And the way they did the movie was since our hours were so erratic because we had the morning radio show and Howard only had certain windows that he could do the movie. So they couldn't have the normal, you know, work for so many, you know, it's all a union. You can only work for so long and then you get an hour for lunch and work so long. But it was so, what they did was a thing called French Hours, okay. which meant there was an incredible buffet 24-7. It was nice. just all the food, anything you want, any time. You just, you know, fetch yeah. as fetch can. And Jenna, Jenna would go and stand at the buffet, stark naked, <laughs> wearing just a bathrobe. But the bathrobe was open. And I swear to God, these tech guys were poking each other's eyes out with the microphones right. because they couldn't get enough, you know. And, and stuff like that was just so, so crazy. And it, one of the wildest uh, times was... Was sitting there and all of a sudden, boom! Through the door at like six fifteen in the morning, was Sam Kinison, Jack Riley from the old Bob Newhart show, wow, Pat McCormick, who's an incredible, big, monstrous, well-known uh, comedy and comedy writer from wherever, and Chuck McCann, who was a a, a, a kids' TV host when I was a kid. And these guys were out of their minds. They had, they were watching Sam Kinison at the comedy store. Right. And they got done and they said, come on man, let's go do the Stern show. And they got on <laughs> Sam's plane with a pile of cocaine and oh. the next thing they came, boom. <laughs> and so I'm looking and behind me and Fred, there's Sam and Jack oh, and man. Pat and Chuck and I'm like, that's that's a comedy Mount Rushmore, you know, but, but such an odd group. There's no reason for a group like that to ever be together except for cocaine, of right. course. <laughs> if I bump the heads, you know. It brings everybody together. And stuff like that wasn't even that, you know, like one day, like Joe Walsh just walked in right. just wearing a bathrobe. You know, and he, 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 it was open and he's hanging out, you know. Right. And you just don't get thrown by that. Steve Grillo was... He's writing a book, and he was an intern, and he's still a, a real dear old friend, and he's writing his book, and we're laughing about it, and he's saying, do you remember the time, how, it was Howard's 1996 birthday party, and Trump, I guess it was at the, at the Plaza Hotel, and Trump screamed at Willie Nelson because he was smoking a joint at the table, <laughs> and uh, and what and what else, it's something else, but it was... Just crazy stuff. And, and I said, you know what, Grillo? We had such a wild, wild ride for so long. I don't remember. How could you not remember that? Right. But things just happened like that. And then it was on to the next and on to the next. And it, it's just nonstop. I mean, one birthday party, 
Giuliani was there. Oh wow! And Joey Buttafuoco was there. <laughs> and Joe and Giuliani had two security guards there with the express purposes of making sure there was no way Giuliani could be caught in the same picture as oh, Buttafuoco. Wow. They make sure they wow. just position them out, there, which totally, you know, like, that makes you know, a lot of sense. Like, right? Now Rudy, <laughs> hang around with Joey, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's great, you know. In today's world, that's tough. Everybody has a phone on their, uh, you know, a camera on their oh, phone. Oh, Jesus. Forget you know, it, you, you know. You can't get away with anything these days. So. But, but uh, you know, I could go on and on. I have a, a book out called The Joke Man, Bow to Stern. I'll be glad to give you a copy. Sure. And, uh, it's, uh, this happened really quick or I would have sent you one already. That's okay. But, um, it, it, the, the memories come fast and, and furious. You know, it's just, uh, really incredible stuff. You, 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 some of, I mean, obviously, you know a million jokes, right? I mean, you know jokes all the way back to when you were eight years old, right? Thousands and thousands. Of that. You have so, the, the memory you have, like you just—it's all there, you know. Like you know, that, it's funny you say this because I'm back in touch with my college roommate, who I love. You know, we spent two years up each other's nose, you know, in '66 and '67, and then we kind of went. We didn't. We weren't not friends, but we parted ways because enough of each other, right. you know. <laughs> and and we it became different. And he uh, went inward a little bit and got very deep. And I just kept drinking, you know. It yeah. took me a while before I even started smoking pot. Right. And uh, he, he saw the the documentary and he wrote me an email. I said, you know, do you think maybe today people mistake a good memory for intelligence? And I went back and said, what are you saying? <laughs> you know, well, what about a doctor that has to remember every single thing? Right. You know, he has to have a good memory to remember what part goes where, but that doesn't make him stupid. Right. You know, but the, but it's funny because I really don't know anything else except these stupid jokes, you know. And uh, But they've always stuck in my head. And the reason they stick in your head is from use. Use it. You know, I would just tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them. If I have a new joke, I tell it and tell it and tell it. Because very rarely do I hear a new joke. And when I do, I'm very, very excited. You know, like a little kid on Christmas. (laughs) So I use it or lose it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just keep, you know, recycling them. And it's so funny because people say, oh, you remember every joke, remember every joke. And I'm like, I do theoretically. And nobody's heard them all. And nobody remembers them all. But. Relatively speaking, I do. You know, I know more jokes than anybody in the world, but the, what kind of claim to fame is that? But now that I'm older, I tell people, like, somebody will come up and say, I got one for you. Why'd the chicken cross the road? And I'll go, Jesus, I used to know that one. <laughs> so the simple jokes. <laughs> yeah, right? Just the, right, the simple. Out, out the window, you know. Yeah, you have, like, uh, six 78-minute joke CDs. 78 so, minutes I found out when I... You know, I I put out three albums in the early 80s, right. comedy albums, actual LPs made out of wax, you know. And uh, they were full of jokes. And then I wound up on the radio, and I'm still doing my stand-up, and all of a sudden CDs hit. hit. And I said, you know what, I really got to make some CDs, and I really got to get all of my jokes on these CDs. Right. And I was just... Not looking forward to getting a computer because I knew all the millions of jokes I had had to get loaded in, which was an insurmountable task. And uh, and then I they had this thing where you just load your pages on and it would optically read what you what you wrote. Oh, but then you cool. wound up had you had to edit them all because it, it, it read you know right. yeah. you know. Yeah. 
But um, I had all these jokes in there, <clears throat> so I did my first CD, and I found out that the optimal amount of time you can have on a CD is 78 minutes if it's spoken word. Right. <clears throat> so I said, all right, I'm going to do 78 minutes, and I did a whole CD, 78 minutes worth, and then, and you know what? I get out of bed, and I'm already wondering, when can I take a nap? Right. So how I accomplished what I accomplished. But I had the CD out, right? and then I want to do the next CD. So what I have to do is get rid of that 78 minutes mm -hmm. and then bring in a complete new 78 minutes. Now, I'm not writing writing material and yeah. stuff like that. There are 45,000 Carson appearances. Yeah. These are old jokes, which I hate that expression, but they're jokes. <clears throat> and I already know them already, but just to get rid of, because I'm headlining at the time. Right. I'm spinning plates because I got to go up there and kill the crowd every time. <clears throat> so I got to get rid of these jokes and put in new ones, and slowly but surely until I have a whole new act and record it. And I did that six times, completely turn on mode. So <clears throat> theoretically, if you're listening to the sixth CD I put out, right. and you get to the end of it, those are the jokes, theoretically, that I would be telling after we've been standing at the bar for six hours. <laughs> but not really, because they're all so funny and it's all so crazy. Right. Right. But we're, we're talking, and you know, and I, I tell people, yeah, I still sell my CDs, and they're like, you're an idiot. You can't sell CDs. I said, no, I don't sell the CDs, you moron. You can download them. But I have all six CDs. Yeah which is 78 minutes each, yep. which is almost five hours of comedy. <laughs> it's crazy. And a whole bunch of other stuff on there on the web. And you can download all of it for 20 bucks. That's that's crazy. That's People awesome. People can't believe it. They say, I downloaded all those jokes. I'm, I've been listening to it for two years. I haven't still got <laughs> it to the end. And it's an easy, easy URL. It's Olio, which is the name of the record company, which is O-G-L-I-O, Olio. Dot com Olio. slash J. I mean, okay. it's like seven letters. Olio.com slash J, and it's 20 bucks. Awesome. People like, that, my God, that's you, crazy. people that's... even have that in their PayPal as <laughs> spare change, yeah. you know? I'll add that link to the page, man. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, but, you know, this is 1993, 94. It, yeah, it's 93. pretty foul. <laughs> I mean, it was really foul. Well, my whole family's coming to the documentary on Saturday. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. My dad, yeah, my dad's 80 now. Huge fan. Okay. I'm sure he knows yeah. all the jokes. I'll let him tell a few. <laughs> and, um, yeah, my whole family's coming. All my friends are coming. Every, I got the word out. Um, we can't wait. I, I appreciate that. Now, you know, I was just thinking about it. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I got so many stories that forget the documentary because I, I have been on Long Island my whole life. Right. You know, stories about playing in my band. I was in high school and then in the seventies yes. and then doing comedy. Yes. You know, I wouldn't even have to show the documentary. I got so many stupid stories. Well, you know, I like, well, with the band, you, you play in the band. And um, you you started telling jokes in between the, when when I had my band in high school, right? You know I like to tell jokes, right? So you're at the bar, you're telling jokes to somebody, but then you're telling jokes to four or five people, you know. And it was the old thing where I'd tell a joke and you'd tell a joke, then I'd tell two jokes right. and you'd tell a joke, then I'd tell five, because I'd have in my mind, oh, I got to tell them this one, I got to, yeah. And then I'm in a band and there's all these people out in front of me. I couldn't. I couldn't not tell a joke, and nobody wanted me to. Like, what are you doing? The guys I'm in the band with, like, what are you doing? I can relate to that. And then I get to college, 
And we're playing these big mixers, and I got all these people out in front of me, and I'm telling jokes, yeah. and we're playing Rolling Stones, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're not, you know, playing wine and cheese. We're killing these people. Right. And in between, I'm telling <laughs> big jokes. <laughs> so then when it, it came time to come back to Long Island, I said to my partner, who was my par partner from childhood, right. I said, look, what we got to do is play original songs, and I want to tell jokes in between and do routines. And he said, fine. So we... Told filthy jokes and played our original songs, and I'll never know if we were, <clears throat> if we were good or horrible because we played small places. We were way too loud for a wine and cheese shop, right? And there was near loud and wild enough for rum bottoms or that kind of thing. So we played these middle size or small bars, and we tell our jokes and <laughs> play the songs. And the, the most classic thing was people say. <laughs> Do you guys tell the jokes to make up for the song? <laughs> to make up for the jokes. Because they weren't the world's greatest jokes or songs. But the, but our audience was just flabbergasted. You know, they they just loved it. And then uh, I wound up in comedy. You know who Epi is from my father's place. Right. So it was a big deal for our band. We're a two-man band, and we had, we'd get a, get a, this is before we had a, our keyboard player, okay. a two-man band, and sometimes we get a, a drummer to play with us or a bass player, but for the most part, it's two guys with acoustic guitars, and if we got a job at my father's place, that was big, a big deal. Right. You know, maybe Chicago was there the night before. Right. Right. So we tell all our fans, this is, you know, you know when you have a following, I know you can't come all the time, but you gotta be at this one. So right. two or three hundred people would find their way to my father's place. Right. So we went in the afternoon to do a sound check. And we couldn't because Epi, Michael Epstein, yeah. that cheap bastard, right. had booked the place for gong show auditions. Oh. So I'm like so pissed off. So we watched the gong show auditions <laughs> and one of the guys is a comedian and afterwards I said, I said, I said, I'm as funny as this yeah. guy. Yeah. And he said, how'd you get to be a comedian? He said, oh, I had cards printed up and he showed me his card. And he said, come on down to Richard M. Dixon's. You guys are funny, too. Right. And that was Richie Minavini. And we've been best friends Richie. for yeah. 50 years. And, you know, Richie. we started a show in Huntington. Yep. And then went on to Eastside Comedy East Club. Side and the whole Club. thing blossomed. Wow. Just because Epi is such a cheap piece of crap. <laughs> so All comedy on Long Island blossomed because Epi is cheap, which is the funniest. That is a great story. That is, you know. The first time I met Robert Klein, these are the kind of stories I, I yeah. want to tell at this yeah. thing. I don't know where we were, but there's Robert Klein. And, of course, I loved his albums. I wasn't the guy that listened to comedy albums, so I told jokes. Right. But I liked Robert Klein, of course. And it was brilliant, his album. I'm like, what, what do you say to Robert Klein? And I'm like, ah. And I walked over to him, and I said, hey, Robert, Epi says hello. And he goes, how much does he owe you? I said, ah, and we've been pals for like 40 years, you know. Like, that was a, a, a meeting point, you know. Anybody at work my father's place said, could you take a little less? You know, right. we didn't sell quite as many tickets as we expected. <laughs> I love it, man. That, that, that goes down to everything happens for a reason. Everything it, happens for a reason. You know, and who knows what would have happened. People, you know, somebody the other day said, what, what do you think would have happened to you? If you didn't meet Howard Stern, right. I said, "Yeah, I wonder what would happen to Howard Stern if he didn't meet me." <laughs> right, right. Which sounds pompous, no, but just making him a little bit funnier made all the difference. You know, he could be outrageous and rude and crazy, yep. 
if he ended it with a punchline. Right. You know, and people could say that everybody has their opinion about that. You, you know, you were to Howard Stern what Larry David was to Seinfeld. When, when Larry David left Seinfeld, it was funny, but it wasn't, you could tell, it lost its sharpness. Same thing here. When you left the Howard Stern show, it was funny, but it lost its sharpness. It lost something big time. Anybody who's a Howard Stern fan would knows there was a difference. You know, I, but I still get emails like, you know, I'm glad you left the Howard Stern show. It's much better since you left. And obviously right. they never <laughs> heard it, right? You know, right. So. Right. That's, uh, but listen, uh, a good friend of mine, Skip, a good friend of mine, Skip, is a huge fan of, of Jackie. And he gave me this book. This is my book. Can you sign it for me? I'd be honored if you could sign it for can me. Can I write uh, something lewd? You can write whatever you'd like. You know, if you could write, sign the cover. Lisa. Well, that, Lisa. He gave me the book. So if you could sign the cover, I want to hang it on my wall. I'm going to put it inside a frame you cr- and well, hang it on my wall. Put the... Thank you so much. Put Just put the cover on there and then put it so you can read the rest. <laughs> no, Skip was funny. I, I, I never had a nickname. Skip. I was a guy who always gave nicknames. always gave nicknames, but okay. I never got in because I was such a loud mouth. And I said, that's not fair. And then one time I went to Boy Scout camp and I said, you know what? And people would say, what's your name? What do you like to be called? And I said, well, my name's Jackie, but everybody calls me Skip. I told that to the guys at Boy Scout camp. You're only there for two weeks. Jackie, unfortunately... It's a half hour. Are we done? Yes. I didn't even take a breath. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out. Hey, we'll definitely I, come to your show on Saturday. I love this, man. Thank you. Thank you. Any, you have an open invitation to come here anytime you'd like. Thank you. Listen, love to have uh, you back. go to jokeland.com to find out anything. Please come out to a show. I'm working at Governors at the Brokerage reasonably soon, but the show this, this Saturday is an important one. Saturday, Long Island Music Entertainment. It, yeah, it's too long. It's man. too long. But and, I have, and I answer every email I've ever gotten. Awesome. Jokeland at AOL.com. Jokeland at AOL.com. Put that in the Chiron or whatever it is. You can email Jackie. Thanks, Jackie. Sure. It's a delight. Thank you so much, so much for having you here. Thank you.